Corinthians chapter number 4. We're going to start in verse 6. But first, as always, when I turn my thing on, (laughs) review from the past two weeks. So from the past two weeks, we've been talking about the different... uh, the difference um, of the mystery program and the prophecy program and uh, just the difference between um, the synoptic gospels, Acts chapter 1 to 7, and then the Pauline period. So just a review for those uh, from, from those two weeks. Number one, the gospel that was preached before the cross was called the gospel of the kingdom, which means... The content of it is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When something is at hand, that means it's about to happen, all right? It's reachable by your hand. Number two, the gospel that was preached by the apostles, especially in the early stages of the book of Acts, was called the gospel of the... See, ends with a circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> circumcision. I guess I, I give bad clues, huh? Because I just give it all away. Circumcision. The gospel of the circumcision, which means repent and be bap- baptized, every one of you, um, for the remission of sins. And what are they to repent for? It's because they crucified their Messiah. Right? And then number three, or sorry, number uh, yeah, number three, the gospel preached to the Gentiles during the dispensation of Grace, which is right now for us, is called the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. That is what our gospel is, his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. And if you remember, we talked about this in Galatians chapter number one. If you add anything or take away anything from that gospel of Christ, it becomes another gospel. When you dilute it with something or put something into it, just one drop of arsenic into pure, clean, crystal clear water is already something that you should not be drinking. Right? Which leads us to number four. Satan wants to mix these gospels together because he is the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Satan is. So what does he like to do? Oh, you know what? If I try to lead people away from the Bible, that is too obvious. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix these gospels together so people are confused. And let me tell you that, So much, people are confused, so much so that the ones deceived by it are adamant about this, right? When you who are concerned about your loved ones' uh, salvation, when you who are concerned that they may not be saved, try to share to them the Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, they are so adamant that, oh yeah, but we need to pray, But we need to do this, or we need to do that. We need to be baptized. Because that's mixing works with the gospel of Christ. And when you mix even the smallest thing, that becomes another gospel. Right? And the problem is this. 
You're not, they're not trying to mix bad works. They're trying to mix good works. That's why people fight for it. That's why people debate over it. That's why people are adamant about it. They don't, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's too obvious for Satan. It's too obvious for him when you say, well, you're supposed to trust in the gospel and kill a baby. <laughs> that's too obvious. Obviously, Christians would say, or people in churches would say, yeah, that's, yeah, that's obviously Satan's work. So Satan doesn't take a bad work to add into the gospel. He takes a good work like baptism or being a good person or, or giving money to the poor or to the church or praying. That's why God said in Titus, not by works of righteousness. See? People right now add works of righteousness. That's why they are adamant about it. And that's just Satan wanting to mix the Gospels uh, together. Last but not the least on our review, forgiveness of sins in the kingdom program, meaning in the Gospels in the book of Acts, uh, Acts chapters 1 to 7, before the cross. And we looked at the verses there, and, and we'll go to some of the verses again today. And early acts is fun. That's not fun. <laughs> Future. Remember? In Acts chapter number 3, Paul, or the, the apostle Peter said, Repent that, that your sins might be forgiven in the times of refreshing. When's that? Second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. While acceptance with God is conditional. If you do this... I will do this. If you forgive, I will forgive. Is that the same time? Is that the same thing in our time? No. Once you receive, once you believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection as your sacrifice for his salvation, once you get saved, ladies and gentlemen, you don't need to look forward to forgiveness anymore. You don't need to do good works for God to be accept for God to accept you into the beloved. You are already forgiven. You are already accepted to the beloved. Amen. That's why our conclusion last week, remember, out of all of this study is this. Nothing cultish, nothing we did not go cuz like i said people are scared of right division people are scared of studying their bible or getting too deep into it the the conclusion that we came to last week is this you and i and everyone else living in this this world in this time today are in the best time to be saved amen Whew. why you don't need to sacrifice anything jesus paid it all you don't need to work for anything. Jesus already did everything and finished it. That's why he said it is finished. Amen. You don't need to do any good works to be accepted with God. You are already accepted to the, in the beloved. You don't need to wait for your, your, your forgiveness of sins because you crucified your Messiah. Jesus already forgave your sins, past, present, and future. Amen. So, we, that leads us to, I hope, I hope, that, I hope that, that you learned something there and, and get excited about your salvation. Amen. Uh, that leads us to our uh, text for today. We're going to be talking about prayer in different dispensations. 
And before we read this, this is actually, this message has a twin message. It has a twin message. Uh, the, the, if we're talking about prayer in different dispensations right now, the, other tw- the twin message of it is provision in different dispensations. Right? Uh, and uh, and I'll, I'll explain that later on. It's called provision in different dispensation. If there's ways that people prayed all throughout the Bible in different times, in sundry times, in diverse manners, there's also ways that God provided in sundry times, in diverse manners throughout the Bible. Right? Um, but we don't have time today to look into both parts. <laughs> so we're just going to talk about prayer. So the Bible says in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, Be careful for nothing. Remember in uh, the book of Luke or Mark or something like that, please correct me if I'm wrong, when, when, when Jesus had Bible study in the house of Mary, Martha, and, and Lazarus, remember that? Mary, uh, Mary was in the foot of Jesus listening, and Martha was just preparing everything remember and jesus and then finally martha complained to the lord jesus christ and then jesus said martha thou art careful for many things meaning she is worried about so many things so that's the word careful over here be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto god and the peace of god which passeth all understanding, shall keep your body through Christ Jesus. Is that what it says? (laughs) Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your words. Lord, my goal is just to encourage people, uh, our brethren, both here and everyone listening in internet land, to, to... to know more about how to pray and beyond that to know more about studying the bible because studying the bible should not be scary yes there are things that that we may not uh receive uh well because not everything is for us sometimes sometimes there are things that we need to hear but are hard to accept just like medicine but uh we, we, our goal, Father, is that we pray that you'd help us be excited about your words and be excited about salvation and be excited about this time. If there's anything that would, would be a, uh, a, an encouragement for everyone, especially those who raised their hands that they have loved ones who are not yet saved, is that help us to be encouraged that we are in the best time to be saved we don't have to do anything we don't have to to wait for for forgiveness we don't have to work work works of righteousness to be accepted in uh, with the lord thank you lord for your words please bless our time now and remove everything that uh hinders our minds and our hearts in jesus name i pray amen all right good morning <laughs> Just as a review from what we've been talking about. Remember, I talked to you about the twin messages, prayer and provision. We are over here. That's, that's why it says you and me. Anytime now, that catching away or that rapture may happen. 
Amen. Every one of you look excited about that, huh? <laughs> but every, uh, I'm, I, of course, I'm just trying to wake you up here. But anytime now, that can happen. Right? But we're right there. If the messages, if the elements of people's salvation, if the content of their gospels was different here, here, and here, and here, don't you think prayer should have different elements also over here and here? Not only that, remember that, remember that uh, twin message I, I told, about, told you about earlier? Provision by God is different from here and here and here as well. I'll give you an example. Over here, God had a special system to take care of people who are poor, people who are uh, fatherless, and people whose husbands died. Remember that? And also, He had a special provision for everyone that was part of the priestly class. Who was that? The Levites, right? How did he take care of that? That's by taking the tithes and the offerings of the nation of Israel. If, but not only that, people who, uh, who are poor and have nothing to eat, guess what? They have a system in harvesting that the poor people need to come in towards the last part of the harvest and they can get all the, all the leftovers. See, even, even during that time, the poor still had to work. Amen? God, this time, does not do that anymore. There's a verse in 1 Thessalonians that says, He who does not work does not eat. Remember that? Over here, he's going to come back through supplying and providing for the nation of Israel again. Because over here, what they're looking for, remember, their, uh, their inheritance was earthly. Over here, our inheritance, we look for heaven above. Over here, it goes back to earthly. So the provision is earthly. The provision, the blessings is spiritual. Over here, it goes back to being earthly. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Over here, Lord, we're hungry. God says, I'm giving you manna. Over here, Lord, we're hungry. God says, I'm giving you quail until it comes out of your nose. Remember that? Try doing that here. Lord, we're hungry. I expect manna tomorrow in heaven or in, in, in the ground coming from heaven. That doesn't happen. Because provision here and here are different. Just like prayer here and here are different. So let's talk about that real quick. While, before we talk about before and during the law, the question is this. Just think about this, all right? I'm not stopping you from doing any prayer or, or discouraging you from doing the prayer that you're doing. I'm just encouraging everyone to think. Because... When I was a young boy, we were part of the Catholic Church. Was anyone that way as well? Or maybe you were part of, the, of a different church. And in the Catholic Church, they have this little thing full of beads with a cross at the end called the rosary. All right. And I remember as, uh, as little as, as just a, a young boy, 100 years ago, 
I remember when, whenever it was time to pray the rosary, and even, even when we became uh, Christians, I still went to Catholic school. And so in, in Catholic school, sometimes they, they take mass and they take the rosary or they, they pray the rosary. And I remember as a little boy, all the way to third grade or fourth grade, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, when is this going to end? Much like some of you are thinking right now. Mm. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. When is this going to end? So... As I remember as, as young as being in third grade and fourth grade, I remember thinking, I wonder if God just gets annoyed with all these repetitiveness. I wonder if God just says, you know what? I don't want, this is just the thought process of a young boy, okay? I don't know if you had these thoughts also. I, I remember thinking as a young boy, I wonder if Maybe God would say, you know what? I don't want to hear the rest, of the rest of the rosary. So in the first Hail Mary, I'm going to answer your prayer already. <laughs> I remember having those thoughts as a young boy. So what my question, I guess, the whole, the whole culmination of it, of this all is this. We're living in the dispensation of grace. Praise God. Whew, praise God for grace. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. Amen. But God still gave it to us. But are you still praying like you're under the law? Or are you still praying like you're in the kingdom program? That's the thought that I want to talk, to talk about. All right? So first off, let's talk about before and during the law. Okay? Um, the first point I want to share is that Right now, we walk by faith and not by sight, right? Sight, something that you can see. Over here, because God's promise and God's inheritance given to the Jews, to the nation of Israel, in, during the law, is earthly, an, an earthly inheritance. It's something that can be seen. Manna can be seen. Quail can be seen. It's something that is physical. It's something that's fleshly. And God, when God promised Abraham blessings, He promised Abraham earthly blessings. Amen. And that's why in Exodus chapter 34, verse number 10, it says over here, And He said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels. In front of all the people, I will do wonderful things, marvels, such as have not been done in all the earth. So where will, where will all these marvels be done? In all the earth, nor in any nation. Right? Now watch the next, the red part. And all the people among which thou art shall, what? See the work of the Lord. The covenant that God made with the nation of Israel is a covenant of sight. That's why they walk by sight. All right? We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Praise God. So much so that when they did something wrong, when they were judged by God, when they, were, when they were in the nation of Babylon because they became captives, because they were doing bad stuff they were not supposed to be doing. 
God stopped giving them their signs. God stopped talking through the prophets. And God stopped giving them something wonderful that they would see. That they asked, and, uh, that they said in Psalm chapter number 74 verse 9. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet. Neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. That is why, I think you see where I'm going, right? The prayers that they pray, when God answered them, it, the answer to these prayers are things that can be seen. You with me so far? God, we're hungry. We're praying for food. Tada! Manna and uh, manna and quail. Things that can be seen. Things that can be touched. Things that are physical. Amen. Right? So they live in a time where the covenant is a covenant of sight. So let's look at the prevailing conditions during this time. During this time, number one, the, it was a covenant of sight with the nation of Israel. Right? It has to be seen. It is the sign, right? If it's something that is seen, it is their sign. That's why the Jews require a sign. Amen. Number two, earthly blessings and earthly inheritance is what's promised to them. Number three, God's words are received directly through a prophet, right? And sometimes God would talk to different people who are also the prophets through just like Moses. He would talk to them through, he, through, uh, to him through a burning bush or through Balaam, who was also a false, who was a prophet, but a false prophet. God would talk to him through the donkey. Remember that? <laughs> Number three, the absence of these signs that people can see and prophets means that they are not right with God. You with me? That's why churches would say, application, ready? That's why churches and preachers would say something like this. If God did not bless you with a mansion, if God did not bless you with a Rolls Royce, things that can be seen, then you are not right with God. Have you heard that before? It's called... There you go. Thank you, Brother Bill. Prosperity gospel. Why? Because they did not rightly divide God's word. Their prayer life and the provision that they expect out of God is based out of here. Amen. Right? So that's why when you try to debate with them, or when you try to confront them or talk to them, they'll tell you, well, it's in the Bible. Here, I'll show you. And then they show you Old Testament verses. Next, if Gentiles want to tap into this earthly blessings, they need to bless Israel and be part of their program. Meaning, if remember uh, Abraham, he had servants, and he have he have they call them strangers, right? Abraham said, or God told Abraham, if strangers will come into your house and try to be a part of this covenant, you have to circumcise them as well. Remember the Egyptians who wanted to come out with the nation of Israel uh, when Moses led them out? Uh, God said, well, you have to circumcise them as well. 
right? And they have to follow the, the law as well. That's, what, that's, why it's, that's why the message is obey the law. Forgiveness of sins and acceptance with God is future and conditional. If you will read the book of Psalms, he says that their sins are covered. What does that have to do with anything, Brother Francis? Well, if you had the dead body over here, say for example, Brother Francis just drops dead. (laughs) How do you deal with it? Well, let's just cover it with a white sheet and he's gone. No, the dead body is still there. It's just covered. It's not away. It's not gone. But when you and I (laughs) were washed, are you washed in the blood? Amen. When you and I are washed, when our sins are, they're gone. They're taken away. Praise God. They're forgiveness. They're forgiven. So those are the prevailing conditions during this time. So let's, say, let's look at a couple of examples of prayers during the Old Testament, shall we? This is, the, this is the individual I was talking to you about last week, Mr. Jabez. First Chronicles 4 verse 10. Chronicles is right there, right? First Chronicles chapter number uh, 4 verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Ah, there's your clue. It's talking about Israel. Saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me and God what granted him that which he requested you know sometimes you would hear these prosperity preachers i'm sure brother bill please correct me if i'm wrong i've heard a lot of them say you need what you need to do is hold God to his words. Remember that? He said, he promised that he would bless you with all these material blessings. Ha <laughs> ha! Trying to be one of those gross prosperity preachers. He said, ha that he is going to bless you. Ha ha! With all these material blessings. And you need to hold him to his word because God cannot lie. No, 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 no. Time out. God promised the nation of Israel that he, would, that he would bless them with material blessings. You and I are given all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Amen. And so when you try to hold God, I can just imagine if God was standing here and we say, God, I'm going to hold you to your word that you're going to bless me with spiritual blessings. I could just imagine God said, well, that is my word, but that was not my word to you. That was to the nation of Israel. See? And so what's the effect of all this prosperity gospel? What's the effect of teaching prayer without, without right division of Scripture? What's the effect? Churches these days are filled with Christians who are carnal and who are materialistic. And they think, that's why God said in the writings of Paul, they think that gain is godliness. Oh, that church, God is blessing that church. Why do you say that, brother? Because they have a huge building. They have all kinds of vans and buses running around the city to pick up people. God is doing something there. Nope. I mean, God might, but that's not the gauge if God's blessing you. Amen. By the way, after the, after the book came out in the early 2000s, probably late 1900s, it's called the book called, the book is called The Prayer of Jabez. It's teaching people to pray. 
in such a way that God would, would, would give you material blessings and things like that. Ah, what, what about this one? It's very familiar. Um, the next verse is very familiar because we've used it. Uh, a lot of 4th of July messages are based out of this next verse. But let's look at the context. Now, uh, 2 Chronicles 7 verse 13. Are you still there, by the way? 2 Corinthians 7 13. If I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, pray tell, where do all those things happen? Those things happen in earth, right? Those are earthly pestilences, drought, lack of food, locusts and pestilence and stuff like that. Those are all earthly occurrences. And then it leads us to the next verse. What's that first word? Isn't that conditional? Right? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. By the way, if you're being a literalist over here, and you should because there's nothing saying that you can't be. My people here is who? The nation of Israel. Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then... If then is proof that it is conditional. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Amen. So, although, sure, I know, I've myself, I've used that in, in uh, prayer rallies, Brother Bill. I myself have used that in, in uh, uh, Independence Day messages. But if you look at it literally, and if you don't learn the lesson, God's talking about a, an earthly healing. It's talking about the healing of the land literally, meaning the crops are going to grow again, meaning it's going to rain again, meaning there's no, not going to be locusts anymore. Why? Because the provision was earthly and physical during that time. So the prayer that they ask for, the answer is always something that needs to be seen. It's the sign that they get from God. Oh, how about this one? Uh-oh, Brother Francis, you're stepping into dangerous, dangerous grounds there. Psalm 23. I know some of you can already can recite this with me while I read it. Ready? You can if you want to. Ready? Go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days, all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Time out. Brother Francis, you are so wicked, you're telling us to stop reciting that. Or stop using that. Or stop using if my people shall humble my, themselves and pray. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, notice what God is trying to teach us when it comes to prayer. Use it all you want, but, but as long as you're careful... Careful and and uh, and being true to what God's trying to say, then you'll be fine. 
But watch those red areas over here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does that mean? You'll not, every need you're going to, every need that God gives you, or every need that, everything that you need, God's going to give you. See, that's why prosperity gospel preachers would say, if you are wanting something, if you are not blessed by God for something, uh, with something that you've been praying for, you're wrong with God. Your heart is not right with God. See? Next, it says, Thou leadest, thou makest me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters, meaning your life is not going to be troubled. Why? Because if it's wavy waters, <laughs> there's a lot of troubles there, right? He leadeth me beside still waters. Next, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Why do you think David would say that? Uh, I don't know because I've never had enemies just like David had. Like, you know what I had? I had an older brother. I'm not saying he's my enemy. He's my hero, amen, right now. Um, but back then we grew up, and you probably can tell me this, especially if you have siblings. We grew up with sibling rivalry. And you know what's awesome? Whenever my dad or my mom would praise me in front of my brother. And so much so that whenever my mom and my dad would praise me and my brother was not there, I made sure in the dinner table when everyone was present, I'd be like, Mom, Dad, could you repeat what you said earlier? Because my brother was there now. Isn't that the same thing that David is saying? Listen, I'm not saying he's doing this in a malicious way. It's just the way of life, right? Listen, enemies, God is blessing me. Look at this table. Look, look, at, look at the blessings that God has, has given me. Look at the, the, the protection and all these, these wonderful blessings God has given me. Listen, enemies, this is proof that God is with me. I'm just saying that's the way it is back then. It's something that can be seen. Amen. You still with me? Whew. Next, we still have three more hours. The Synoptic Gospels. <laughs> Amen. Uh, synoptic Gospels. Uh, by the way, it says on here in uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 16, the law and the prophets were until John. It's not John, the gospel of John. That's John the Baptist. All right. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man press it into it. Right. What are we talking about? Look at that word over here. Preach. Meaning before John came right here, everything that's being preached over here is follow the law. After John came, the kingdom of God is preached and every man press it into it. Right? It did not say after John came, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is preached. It says the kingdom of God is preached. Why is that important? I'm glad you asked. Amen. <laughs> Look at the prevailing conditions during that time. Number one, it is still a covenant of sight, of signs and sight. With the nation of Israel. And I'll show you later on. Number two. 
They're still looking for earthly blessings and earthly inheritance. Number three, God's words are received directly through who? Jesus, John the Baptist, and the apostles. Number four, the absence of these signs and prophets still means that they are not right with God. That's why before John the Baptist gets, guess what was there? 400 years of silence. Still, number five, if the Gentiles want to tap into his earthly blessings, they need to bless Israel and be a part of their program, right? Meaning they need to be circumcised, follow the law, be baptized, etc. Next, the message is, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Still, forgiveness is future and conditional. Right? That, I'll, I'll show you point number one. Point number one is, they're still looking for signs. Watch. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 to 5. Remember when John the Baptist was in prison? And then he sent his disciples and he says, Now when John had heard, uh, when, when, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again the things that are written in Romans to Titus. <laughs> Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. Amen. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. And lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. You know what? Healing and raising of the dead is part of sign gifts that God gave the nation of Israel so they can see the wondrous works of God. Still there? Next, Matthew chapter number 5, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Time out. Today, in our time right now, do you need to pray for people, pray for your enemies to be the children of God? As soon as you get saved, as soon as you trust in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you are part of the family of God. Amen. You with me? Watch in verse Matthew chapter 6. You still with me? Almost done here. Matthew chapter number 6, verse 5 to 6. And when thou prayest, we're probably going to end here because of of time's sake we'll, we'll continue next week and when thou prayest thou, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets meaning they love to be seen that they may be seen of men verily I say unto you they have their reward but thou when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, 
And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy, to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which see it in secret, shall reward thee openly. All right? We're going to end with a few questions. This is not part of pop quiz. Amen. We're going to end with a few questions. And when I ask you these questions, please try as much to not throw your shoes at me. Amen. <laughs> just, I'm not stopping you from doing these things. Like I said, my goal is just to get you to think about the differences during those times and our time. You ready? God says, don't be like the hypocrites who like to pray that they might be seen. Some questions to consider. Not that I am stopping you to do these, but just to get you to think. Number one, when you pray in restaurants, what does it do? Don't, before you answer, just like I said, I'm not stopping you from doing these things. I'm just asking you, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not even saying don't do it. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say, think about the difference from this time and the difference from our time now. Right? Because I'm telling you, even the Mormons pray in restaurants. Even the Jehovah's Witnesses pray in restaurants. And if you say, well, that's so people, I can become a good witness. And so people will want to be saved or be Christians. Has there ever anyone, be, anyone been a, a Christian? Has there ever anyone looked at you while you're praying in the restaurant and say, you know what, I think I like this guy. I'm going to be a Christian too. I'm just saying, think about it, amen? There's a difference. What does God do? <laughs> think about this because it's lunchtime. How does God answer your prayer when you pray, Lord, please bless the food to our bodies? <laughs> Did you ever? I always thought about that, especially when I'm. Have you ever had somebody who, when it's especially in potlucks in church, and then you ask somebody to pray, and they pray, man, they pray like from Genesis to Revelation, amen, and you're like, come on, we're hungry! And then he says something like, please bless this food to our body. Does God say, awesome. From now on, all the calories are holy calories. They don't count. <laughs> Is that what God does? If there's poison in there by somebody who wants to poison you, and you say, Lord, please bless the food to our body. Does God say, well, I guess that poison is not going to work anymore from now on. Because he prayed for it. Does God do that? Why? The times over here, this is talking about spirit or physical, physical blessings. Over in our time, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So I'm not asking you to stop praying for your food. I'm just encouraging you to think about the differences of what you're expecting. God from God. And sometimes we get mad at God, remember? Sometimes, I, I've done this. 
Lord, I've been praying for this for my job. Lord, I've been praying for this for my, for my, uh, that we're able to get this home. Lord, I've been praying that you would give me this and that. Things that can be seen. Things that are material blessings. Things that are earthly blessings. And then we get mad at God for, not, for him not answering that. And then we think, Lord, you are bound by your word because you promised me this, this, and that. No, God did not promise you that. God only told us right now. We have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Not some, all. And still we're not thankful about that. Next week, we're going to talk about the prayer in our time. Because a lot of it, and I heard Miss Lisa, that that was a blessing to me, Miss Lisa, you mentioned about it. You mentioned something about it. Prayer during our time has something, has not something, has a lot to do with being thankful. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for, for uh, what we studied and learned today. I pray that it is not a discouragement for people to not pray, but for us to learn how to pray and what to pray for. And... Uh, I remember um, a pastor a long time ago when he said that, why are you excited to go to heaven? And one of the people in the church says, because we want to see the gates of pearl and the street of gold. And then, Lord, that was funny because that pastor said, wow, we're still materialistic on our way to heaven. And sometimes... I am like that, and all of us are like that. And there's no bad things. There's, having, these, having these material blessings is not a bad thing, especially if we work for it and it, it fits the budget and we're not misusing it or abusing it or not, or not buying those things in front of the needs of our, friend, our families and our children and our, our husband and wife. I'm just saying, Father, if we don't study your words, then there's a danger of being materialistic in the way that we pray. And because we don't see the answers to that prayers most of the time, to those prayers most of the time, we tend to be mad at you when those prayers are not answered or if we cannot see the answers. Or we tend to be discouraged to pray because why pray when God don't answer our prayers? Please help us, dear Father, to understand how important it is to pray and what we need to pray for and what our motivation should be. In Jesus' name I pray.